Hey everybody, uh, today's What's Up Westfield podcast is exciting to me. Um, I've got David Hyatt, the CEO of Riverview Hospital on, and it's pretty cool because they made a big early impact on redeveloping our downtown and have played a big part in a lot of cool stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you're looking forward to it and I hope you enjoy hearing a little bit more about him. So thanks. Hi, David Hyatt. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hey, Kurt. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I just noticed this. I know we talked for a minute there, but uh, do you have like an upper story view of Westfield from your office there? Well, unfortunately, my office is based here at our Noblesville campus. So uh, what you see behind me is the tree line right by the rivers. Downtown is uh, right over there. Um, Okay. Yeah. Well, there's there's some pretty sweet views up on top of your hospital in Westfield. I know that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the tallest. I think it's the tallest building in it's Westfield. Tallest. So, yeah. uh, uh, I think we've considered putting a restaurant up there, but uh, you know, uh, furniture flying off the top of a six story <laughs> is not good for the health and well being of those we serve. Uh, that would be so, awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, um, in pizza, maybe in the next remodel. <laughs> right. Uh, just bolt the chairs down. You'll be fine. Yeah, there you go. Hey, um, I, first of all, to start this, so that, you know, my podcast is called What's, What's Up Westfield. So the real thought is businesses in Westfield and people doing things in Westfield and some politics. But to start it, we just kind of want to get to know you. Uh, so tell us about uh, you, where you're from, uh, your family, uh, stuff like that. Sure. So uh, I am a Hoosier, uh, born and raised, uh, lived in the state my entire life. Uh, I grew up in Columbus, Indiana. Um, you know, Dad worked for Cummins Engine Company, so I wasn't allowed to play with any Caterpillar Tonka trucks or anything <laughs> like that. It was all uh, big blue Cummins, which I think is now big red, so uh, yeah. time changed. Um, but went to uh, uh, IU Bloomington for my undergrad and uh, IEPUI for my master's of health administration. And uh, then I kind of traveled uh, the state um, with Indiana University Health. I went up and lived in Valparaiso, which is where I met my lovely wife, who you know very well, uh, Tanya. Yeah. Uh, we met um, while she was working for a healthcare system in northern Indiana, and, and so was I, and uh, our paths crossed. So uh, that was a great uh Great little journey that worked out well for me to go up to the northern part. <laughs> yeah, <of the> it did. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we lived in Valpo for a while, and um, we had our first son, George. He was born at uh, Porter Hospital up in Valparaiso. And um, when he was uh, three weeks old, we moved down to Portland, Indiana, where I became the CEO of the hospital there in Jay County and uh, stayed there for a while. Actually, my daughter was born at that hospital uh, while I was the CEO. So that's one of the cool things that I have. I actually got to, the thing that they put the kids footprints and handprints on when they were a baby, I got to sign that as the hospital. Oh, that is cool. So that's kind of fun. Uh, and then we, we went to Yorktown after that. And then finally we uh, landed in Westfield. So I'm um, just really excited. Uh, mm-hmm. So my wife and I have been married for, Oh, I probably should have thought this out more before I committed to it. Was it 11 years now? So uh, 11 years. I think we've moved three or four times. So uh, do you want me to add it? You want me to add it at all? Yeah. Yeah. Make it like I knew it right <laughs> off the top of my head like that. Sorry, Tanya. Um, <laughs> uh, but we're, we are loving Westfield. Um, you know, uh, my son, George, goes to the intermediate school there, uh, which is pretty cool because when you go at the technology classroom that he's in, 
uh, you look up out the window towards the top of the ceiling and there's the Riverview Health Westfield Hospital logo. So uh, that's pretty cool to say that dad works right there. And uh, um, my daughter goes to uh, Cary Ridge Elementary and uh, they're just, they're loving it. They've made yeah. friends. It's been an awesome community, very welcoming, and, and we hope to be a part of it for a long, long time. So did you, did, and I might have missed it, did you move to Westfield before River because of Riverview or before you were with Riverview? Uh, it was because of Riverview. So uh, okay. I actually got recruited by Riverview Health when I was working for IU Health. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, nothing bad to say about IU Health. It's a great organization filled with a lot yeah. of my dear friends. Um, but this was just an amazing organization and a growing community. Uh, right time from a professional standpoint and a wonderful place for the kids. So we moved down. Um, we weren't sure of Noblesville or Westfield, and we we ultimately settled in in Westfield. Uh, you know, I think we're only about a, a hundred yards from the Noblesville border, so we're kind of like right smack in the middle. Which, mm -hmm. selfishly, for a guy that works at both Noblesville and Westfield hospitals, uh, it's really nice to be right there in the middle, uh, depending on where I need to go that day. So uh, Riverview, uh, right away, Riverview was a big deal. <clears throat> excuse me, in Westfield when. Uh, from a redevelopment standpoint, because they were the first corporate or big redevelopment happened downtown. Um, and everybody was very community oriented and, you know, you know, nice people, obviously. Uh, when you were interviewing through review, did you catch that? Were that was that one of the things you uh, felt about the company? Absolutely. You know, and I'm a big believer that healthcare is best when it's local um, and you've got to tie into the community because we're, we're a county hospital, uh, county health system. But, you know, whether you're nonprofit or for profit, like hospitals have this special place in a community and being a part of that community because um, it is really important to me. Um, it's important to my executive team and our leadership. So we serve on countless boards throughout the Hamilton County. Uh, but we really want to be ingrained with the community. You know, people count on us in, in good times, but more often in bad times. Um, and we want to be attentive to those needs and what the community needs and how do we plan for that. So um, you can't do that. Nothing against our large friends, but when your yeah. corporate headquarters is in a different state, um, you lose that connection. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I pride myself on is we work with the schools and other and the government um, on their clinics, you know, if they've got a problem, they're talking to me. Um, they're talking to one of my executives. Um, we'll make the time to uh, make customer service and community relations a priority. And, and that's just how we're always going to be. Uh, okay. That's what separates Riverview Health uh, from some of our competition. So um, just because people like me don't know, we're, we're in like the Indianapolis health or hospital system. Are you guys, where do you like kind of compare to who's the big boy? Um, are there a bunch of small little ones? How does it kind of sure, sure. So, play out? Um, the Indianapolis market is a really interesting market when you think about healthcare uh, across the United States. So um, Hamilton County is the most competitive healthcare market in Indiana by far, um, and probably one of the top uh, most competitive in the Midwest. So there's a lot of options, um, which I think is great because it makes us all better. So yeah. um, when you think about the size of a facility, you know, we're not what you would call like a tertiary or quaternary facility. You know, we're never going to do transplants. Um, we're not going to do um, some of those incredibly complex um, surgical procedures like neuro uh, brain yeah. surgery and things like that. 
but what we really pride ourselves on is we like to consider us the, the perfect size. You know, it's kind of like the porridge, not too hot, not too cold. <laughs> um, we're big enough that we can do some really advanced things. You know, we have advanced cancer treatment. You know, we just have bought a, a multi-million dollar diagnostic piece of equipment called a PET CT scanner, um, which hospitals large, much larger than us usually don't have for cancer detection. Um, but we're we're small enough where we know our community, right? We know um, the our colleagues that are taking care of us in other departments. You know, when I talk to our physicians, I was just at a recruit physician recruitment dinner last night, um, talking to some specialists, and one of them works for us, and we we're trying to recruit one of his friends, and uh, he said, you know, the thing that I love about Riverview is I know everybody. You know, if I've got a, a an interesting question and uh, I need the radiologist, like. They don't, it's not some name, an uh, unknown name on the other end of the phone. It's they walk down to the OR and talk to me. <laughs> like, uh -huh, that's uh, awesome. yeah. the reality that, um, you know, when it comes to healthcare, we can't do it on our own. So you've got to count on it on your team. And um, having that team that you know uh, just helps us deliver a, a level of care and compassion to our patients um, that uh, I'm really proud of. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're not going to be as big as like Methodist or St. Vincent on 86th Street, but when it comes to, your day-to-day -day care and surgery and babies and cancer, you know, cardiology, we can do all of that right here um, as good or better. You know, one of the things I say and the promise that that we live up to is if the care is not good enough for my family, then it's not good enough for your family. Um, and, and we really hold ourselves to that and our medical staff um, believe that. So um, really proud of, of that work being done. The other thing that we're working on is growing our primary care because our communities are growing and mm -hmm. sometimes it can take too long to get into a doctor. But the other thing that, you know, so we want to make sure people have access. But the other thing I like about primary care is our our primary care are like the quarterback um, for their patients, right? Um, they can help the patient figure out where they need to go to get the best care. And if that's Riverview, that's excellent. But if it's not, then it's our primary care doctor's job to figure out who is the best in the Indianapolis market for their patients to go see. And that's our responsibility because general population doesn't know the difference between one hospital and another, but our yeah. physicians certainly want their patients to have the best. And we're going to try to provide it at Riverview, but if we can't, we're going to get the patients to where they need to go um, to be on their healthcare journey. And we're going to so be with them. One of the things that people like me um, that don't think through things, I see Riverview as like an ER, right? Mm -hmm. And I see it as what I see in Westfield. I see it as an ER. And then I also know that you have babies because of the sign in Noblesville. Um, but it has more than that. You have regular doctors where people can come see a doctor, like their annual checkup and stuff like that. Also, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. we are. Uh, we are growing our employed physician group by 30% uh, next year. Um, okay. Just got that budget through the board. So we're adding nice. a lot of primary care docs um, out there. You know, we are happy to take care of you at our ER. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but I want you to have a primary care doctor. Yeah. So if you don't, I won't make you say it on your podcast, but you better <laughs> go get a primary care doctor. No, uh, I've, had, one, I've <laughs> had a primary care doctor uh, that I drive to Speedway for for the last 20 years. So uh, um, I'll transfer your care up yeah, here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and um, I only know you as an ER because I have a hockey player. So that's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, really Westfield ER urgent care is awesome. You know, from uh, you mm -hmm. can go in there and if it's urgent care, we treat it as urgent care. And if it's an emergency, yeah. it's ready to go there as well. 
Uh, what a lot of people don't know about Westfield Hospital is mm -hmm. it actually does a lot of orthopedic surgery and a lot of spine surgery. Um, you know, I was just talking to another reporter uh, the other day and I said, people don't get that Riverview punches outside its weight class from a technology standpoint mm -hmm. so often. I mean, Westfield Hospital had the first spine surgery robot in Indiana and that was at Westfield Hospital. Um, just about a month or two ago, we put a new orthopedic knee replacement robot, um, at Westfield hospital and at our Noblesville campus. Um, so when it comes to technology and all that, yeah, we're not just ERs and babies. We love babies. Uh, don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, but we, we do a whole lot for them. We do GI, urology, uh, heck we have plastic surgery, cardiology, um, all types of stuff. So do, does the, um, the. Uh, the new medical community, do they, do they know that about you? And are they comparing you to, when they go to look for jobs? Are they comparing you to the Methodist or I think you said St. Vincent, the giant ones, and then the small little town ones? Are, are you yeah. getting lumped in? Yeah, we, we are. And I think we're, you know, we're, we're having a lot of traction. Like I said, I was at a recruitment dinner last night. Um, we're getting a lot of attention from medical professionals. And I think it's, it's again, it's the right size. It's we can do the complex stuff and we can provide that continuum of care. Um, but it's the culture that we have. So we, when we enter every physician that we hire is interviewed by me, my chief medical officer um, and my vice president of our physician group. And, um, you know, what we're really looking for, are they going to fit our culture? Are they going to treat yeah. our patients and our colleagues and our staff the way that we want to be treated? And um, that's kind of nice. The other thing is, you know, when you're smaller, um, if they've got a problem, they've got my cell phone, you know, they're yeah. talking directly to Dave or to one of my other executives who probably knows it better than I do. Um, and, and so that, that's appealing, but one of the cool things we're just doing in the past few months is we're turning this into what we call a physician led administratively managed, uh, organization. So I believe that decisions that are made with the patient at the center are always going to be better um, in the long run for the organization. And it's definitely the patients and who better to help make those decisions than our physicians and providers that are directing the care, right? Yeah. They're the ones that are providing the care and they're the ones that are talking to the patients and seeing the patients. So we've created a new um, governing body per se of our some of our physicians, there's about nine of them um, and that are really diving into our, creating our strategic plan and looking at our care protocols and, and where we're going as an organization. So I think that helps us even recruit more, yeah. right? Because the physicians yeah, sure. are saying where the organization's going. Uh, yeah, they got a voice. I like Dave. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> so what is, so I hear you go to dinners. Um, <laughs> I guess you, I just heard you go to recruiting dinners. What is a typical day for you? Um, as a hospital CEO? Oh, man. Every day is different, um, but that's why I love my job, right? So uh, today I started, well, I was here until uh, about 12.30, 12.45 last night because we had our okay. holiday meal. So oh. yesterday we served a giant meal at lunch, another one at dinner, and then me and four of our execs came in from about 11 to 1 to serve uh, a holiday meal to our night shift employees. Uh, so cool. a little tired this morning. Uh, but it's it's generally a lot of meetings, uh, you know, which is why my physicians sometimes will say I'm glad I'm, they're not in my shoes. Uh, <laughs> but I like working with people uh, and building teams. So, you know, like tonight we have a foundation board meeting and 
Um, lots of those types of meetings, different boards that I serve on in the community. Um, but usually if I had to sum up my job, it's my days are filled with working with really smart people trying to solve really good problems um, and uh, just trying to make sure that my team and my docs have the resources that they need to provide that that excellent care. Um, what, are, what are problems that uh, hospitals have? Oh, man. Uh, well, we've solved everything. Them all here, so, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, you know, it's a good thing I might turn my camera off so I can put my feet up. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have the regular problems. You know, we have 1600 employees. Uh, so there's always uh, HR concerns. Um, you know, one of the things that we do a lot is deal with insurance companies and make sure that um, we're taking care of patients and getting prior authorizations done. Um, you know, and also one of the biggest problems that we have, which is exciting, is uh, Hamilton County is growing so darn fast. Um, I think the stat I heard uh, from Mike Bibido was, you know, we're at like 355,000 today and we're going to be at 430,000 people by 2030. And, you know, the most of that growth is going to be coming in that Westfield market, Eastern Noblesville. Yeah. So when we think about that, one of the things that I do um, with my team is we look at that population growth and say, where is that coming? How many doctors do we need to take care of those folks? And where in the heck are we going to put them? Um, mm -hmm. So uh, that's a lot of the work that we're doing right now. Um, you know, uh, I can't give you all the details because the, uh, yeah. uh, the ink's not dry, but I expect that in the next five years, you'll probably see three new Riverview Health sites um, out in Westfield. Um, yeah. So largely in the primary care site, you know, we'll have some other specialists, but getting uh, right now, all of our doctors are based in the hospital, but as Westfield continues to grow, um, we want to be out in the community. Uh, we want to be closer to people's homes and convenient um, so that when they, they go and look for a healthcare provider, they choose Riverview. So yeah. those are some of the problems that we deal with on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, there, I, there's sure. enough more that I could probably write a book, but probably shouldn't yeah. talk about on a podcast. No, we don't. We don't want to hear some of them. <laughs> so, like, um, if I had a gas station on Main Street and and the population grows, I would I would notice it. Do you notice? Uh, and maybe you haven't been there long enough, but do you feel like a hospital notices? Uh, just the it just it gets busier and busier and busier. Do you notice it directly like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, we can see it. So we measure um, all types of data points in healthcare. Um, you know, and when we look at like primary care, we look at what's the average time to a first appointment for a new patient in our primary care market. And, and those are some of the data points that we use um, to establish our recruitment targets and our growth targets. Because as, as the community gets bigger, you know, um, I can look at our urgent care ER volumes and those continue to grow and continue to grow. Um, and we've got to make sure that we're looking two to three years out because it takes a while to recruit those, those good docs and build buildings and, and things like that. So um, we can definitely feel the growth. Um, and we're just excited that we planted our flag in Westfield first and, you know, we're going to be there a long time. So you did. Yeah. It, Riverview showed up for sure. So yeah. um, what does when you got hired on day one? Um, your top priority what was at the top of your list you're saving the world right um right. you're the new light in shining armor uh what what was at the top of your list uh well so i was here as clo for a year before i was ceo 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the top of my list is um, preparing Riverview, putting the right systems in place so that Riverview can grow um, to accommodate the community's needs while protecting our culture. Um, you know, if you read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, you know, one of the quotes that he uses is culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, so as we grow, we've got to be very intentional about keeping um, intact what has made Riverview special. Um, and then, you know, it, but when you're doing that and you're going through that rapid growth, uh, who was I was talking to a colleague the other day and he's like, yeah, my hospital feels like we're the size of a semi truck, but we're on the chassis of a Pinto. Um, <laughs> so we've got to build our chassis um, because mm-hmm. for all of the clinical folks and, and operations that you see, there's an army of other people that make all that work happen. Make, yeah. sure that the, make sure the supplies get into the right spot. Make sure that the electronic medical records working appropriately, making sure that our you know CT scanners are upper, operational 24 hours a day. So you've got to make sure that you're growing all that. And uh, that's been a challenge with COVID. I mean, you think about it, everybody's been strapped with staffing shortages and so on and so forth. And um, so it's been a real challenge to make sure that we've got that infrastructure that allows us to grow. Um, But um, we're doing it. So, I mean, it's just like a city, right? You know, when you have those influx of of new homes and all that, that's coming to Westwood, you better make sure that citizens is ready for that growth and i've got a lot of friends mm-hmm. over the citizens that i know that they're, they're ready for that um, yeah no so comment on that to, shout out to my friends that are uh, working in the public works and all that so right it's, it's so it's, when uh, where were you during covid where what was your where were you at during covid so when i was at covid uh when covid hit when i was at covid it took <laughs> It's a beautiful place I, during the fall. It, it was a dark, dark time. So sometimes <laughs> we try to block that out if you worked in healthcare during COVID. Um, so I was president of two hospitals. Um, I was president of IU Health J Hospital in Portland, Indiana, and president of IU Health Blackbird Hospital in Hartford City. Um, and uh, I also served as like the incident commander, the disaster planning section chief for the East Central region of IU Health. So, working a lot with Ball Memorial Hospital um, and really okay. trying to figure out how do we provide safe care. Uh, but that was a challenging time. What were some, other than it just was awful and it was challenging, what was some highlights from, or some, some? what do you remember from COVID being just your overall take on it and what was going on? Yeah, other, I mean, it was terrifying, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I remember coming home from the hospital and I probably shouldn't even have been going to the hospital because I'm not providing direct patient care. But uh, if my team was there, then I was going to be there. And, you know, when I got out of the car in the garage, it was you take off your work clothes, you put on the robe and everything goes straight into the washing machine because you weren't mm-hmm. you didn't want to risk giving your family something that you caught. at yeah. the hospital. So that that was the scary, the scary part. Um, and making sure that we had enough supplies to keep our our team safe. Mm-hmm. Um, the things I think that there are some things that came out of COVID that really helped launch healthcare, um, telemedicine. Honestly, yeah. uh, it took leaps and bounds. I mean, heck, we're doing a podcast, you know, right now via Zoom. And yeah. when I remember, like when COVID started, like the first week, um, some of my clinicians didn't have cameras and my IT department was like, yeah, we don't, we don't really know how long this thing's going to last. So we may not buy the cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, Oops. I, like, <laughs> I, think this is, I think it's here to stay. 
Um, so, so that technology's changed. Um, it really was at the beginning of COVID. It was heartwarming to see the community support. I mean, yeah. Riverview Health still has money in our foundation um, that the community donated that we still today use to support caregivers. Um, yeah. You know, and seeing the community rally behind um, those clinicians that man, it was, it, it was really hard. I mean, I was an administrator, right? I was just trying yeah. to find resources, but those people that were making really tough calls every day and putting in mm -hmm. the extra hours to make sure that patients were taken care of, that filled your bucket, right? And and it was kind of neat because the people did that selflessly and you could see them get excited about why they got into medicine. And then yeah. time went on and it became a little bit more political and a little less yeah. fun. Um, then burnout sets in and, and some of those so it, it's it's been a it's been a roller coaster, uh, but I bet it has. I will tell you, I was sitting at IU Health and we did great with with COVID, um, but Riverview was a leading um, a leader during the COVID response. The fact that Riverview stood up COVID testing before so many other facilities, using all the ER urgent cares um, mm -hmm. to provide COVID tests. Um, just how fast Riverview reacted. I wasn't here. I get no credit for that. Um, yeah. I'm just proud to have those folks on on the team because yeah. they did what's best for the patients. And that's I remember I how uh, everyone, you know, rallied behind the nurses and I'm sure Doc, but, you know, the nurse one got real popular. Was there um, fear? Were people scared or were they, did they know so much and so well trained that it wasn't fear, but it was just prepared? Uh, what was the, do you think the medical staff, because you weren't in that, like the, you weren't down with the patients necessarily all the time or seeing people walk in the door. Were they afraid, the staff? Yeah, yeah, there were, I mean, you know, we, we're, everybody gets into medicine to take care of patients and there's always uh -huh. going to be inherent risk with that. Um, but we're all still regular people. We all still have families yeah. at home. And I don't know a single caregiver that was providing that care that wasn't nervous or didn't think through what if I bring this home? What if I catch something at work and bring it home to my family? I mean, we installed mobile showers, uh, made sure we had extra changes of clothes and everything like that. Uh, but there was definitely a fear. Um, yeah. But at the same point, you know, that's why I love working in healthcare. Like it's hard, um, but there are people here where they put those fears aside because they knew people needed their help. Um, yeah. And you don't, you don't get that in every industry. Um, you don't always get to work with people like that. So when I always talk to students that are considering healthcare, you know, it's not always glamorous. It's not always Grey's Anatomy and and all of those fun <laughs> TV shows. But the the passion and the drive of the people that you get to work with um, yeah. make the downsides of it worth it. So yeah, um, yeah there there's definitely some of that fear and anxiety. So. I bet. Uh, probably great experience. Nobody wants to go back to that ever again. So um, <laughs> yeah. anybody, anywhere, let alone the medical world. Yeah, no, um, nobody wants to go go with it. You know, but the, the cool thing was the community rallying. So I worked in a rural area during COVID and uh -huh. the N95 masks, right, that yeah. we did not have enough of. Um, it was amazing. I got a call from a chicken farm when I was in Jay County. Um, so these barns have like 2 million chickens in them, right? Uh -huh. And the, the farmer calls me and he says, Hey, I, I heard you guys don't have N95 masks. And I was like, yeah, I don't. What do you, what do you need? We got COVID going on. <laughs> He's like, 
I've got like 3,000 N95 masks because they had to wear them in and out of the bird barns. Oh, no way. And so they dropped off crates of these mm -hmm. masks more than we ever needed at our small hospital. So that one farmer, we distributed masks to multiple hospitals um, across right. the state. That's cool. And I just thought, how awesome is that? You know, different industries coming together and saying they need this more than we do right now. And uh, it was really, really cool to see. You know, I had a, um, I was showing uh, a home. I was showing some homes during COVID and a lady was a nurse that was buying a home and she brought me, you know, her daughter and had made a bunch of masks out of like, I don't know what it was. I don't even know if it was a real mask, quite honestly, but it was pink. And I, and that was the only one she had to give me to walk, to go show a house. And I actually framed it. Um, I saved the mask and I framed it because it like was a part of me. Cause it wasn't a throwaway. Yeah. And I carried that thing around. I, I was known for my pink mask. I'm sure people were like, hey, what's <laughs> dude could have picked a better mask, but. <laughs> oh, I love so, it. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I love it. Those are, those are the stories. Those are the things you'll never forget from COVID. Right. I mean, it mm -hmm. was, it was a tough time and nobody wants to do it again, but. Um, there are some good things that, that came from it. That in line to the schools about what who's sick and who's not. But um, so, so uh, funny how do you tell the story? Is when I interviewed here for my chief operating officer job, uh -huh. my daughter's classroom got sent home um, from school for a week before Thanksgiving, and I had to bring my daughter to my first interview for the chief operating officer oh, position. <laughs> I think she was five years old at the time, and we met. I met the previous CEO, Seth, great guy, at a uh, coffee shop, and I was like, "Hey, man, this it is what it is. Like, you know, it's COVID, and we adapted. And I don't know, maybe I owe Eliza for my job because she did. Yeah, she, she got you that job I being cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to hire this guy. He's got a cute kid. <laughs> you could have sat there quiet, and you would have been hired for it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do you see um, long term? A hospital. You spoke on it a little bit, but where do you see hospitals like yours, who are in the ingrained in the community, playing a role long term in a community? Not just um, it growing in the community, but where do you see yourselves applying yourselves uh, down the road? If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, you know, we've got to think about the health of the community in multiple ways, right? So the mission of Riverview Health is to improve and preserve the health and well-being of those we serve. So when we think about that, um, we're always going to be a healthcare provider and we're going to continue to grow with the community and we may expand on our current campus and we may expand out there. But the other things that we've got to do is we've got to be cognizant that we've got to increase access to care. We've got to increase quality. We've got to get better every single day, but we also have to decrease the cost of healthcare. Um, as we think about communities and how communities grow, we have to be kind of tied to economic development a bit because organizations that are going to consider Westfield are going to want to know what healthcare looks like. What is the cost of yeah. care? What are we going to be getting into with this? So one of the things that we're trying to get into more, and I'm, I'm going to be excited to announce more of this, is what we're calling a direct-to-employer insurance model. So um, rather than having a large, multi-state, national health insurance company that's generating billions of dollars a quarter in profit um, in between the employer and the, the doctor, we want to step in and play in that, that world. And we want to create a direct contract with employers because we can reduce the cost of care. Um, yeah. 
the employers. Uh, we can make it more efficient. Um, and we can design care that the employers and their employees want. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and and hopefully, you know, what I, I like the talking point of uh, when this new city council gets installed, good luck to all, all of those folks and, and Mayor-elect Willis. Um, I want them to consider Riverview someone that um, they can brag about and they can say, we've got a healthcare yeah. system that works with us. And yeah. if there's a company coming in, I'll sit down and talk with them and talk about what that looks like, you know. We've got an employer clinic right now with the schools and the city of Westfield um, where they get their primary care for free. So how cool is that? that all yeah. of the teachers and the city employees um, can come to our clinic. They get their care for free at a significantly reduced price. So it's better access and it's saving the county or the city and the schools uh, yeah. tons of money on their premiums. So it's Great not idea. just not just health care, but it's how we provide health care affordably so that we can grow as a community. Um, so that's kind how of does, how, how does that tie into so you're like um, there's free not free there's clinics around town like uh, a heart and soul type thing. How yep. how how does that how do Riverviews uh, help those types of programs because it's obviously a void right or yeah. maybe it's just a miscommunication but how do Riverviews uh, participate in the lower end of the the world right so there's always going to be you know that's the thing about hamilton county everybody thinks our our when you live don't live in hamilton county everybody thinks our streets are just lined with gold and and they just don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are folks that need help in this community and um we want to partner with the trinity free clinic the heart and soul free clinic um you know so what does that look like and how do we help them um i know we give some discounted labs for their patients mm -hmm. um and um it's a balance, right? So we want yeah. to take care of patients too. And, um, but some people don't feel comfortable coming to us. I know that the heart and soul serves a unique population and yeah. how do we help them on their mission, right? You know, one of my directors um, is actually on the board of directors for the heart and soul huh. clinic. I think we have somebody on Trinity. Um, and so we want to be ingrained in partners, you know, yeah. healthcare is too big. Like we, we compete with other folks, but we've got to work together to serve all these yeah. populations. And, you know, but we also want to make sure that if people are eligible for state programs like Medicaid or things like that, um, they might not always know about it. And so how do we make sure that we provide resources to help those people get enrolled so that they mm -hmm. get access to care um, uh, down the line? So it's really a partnership continuum um, that we're really looking at. So not to get too dug down into this one, but so is there a time, are there times where people go to the heart and souls, the trinities, because they just don't know that there's benefits out there available to them? Uh, I mean, I think that's probably legitimate. Um, uh -huh. I think the trinity and heart and soul are getting really good about making sure that people understand what resources are available to them. Are they? Uh, because they want, you know. Healthcare is so much bigger than just the care you 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 get. You know, if you look at the World Healthcare Organization, eighty percent of health outcomes are driven by social determinants of health: so education, income, access to food, housing, and then access to care. Um, so, heart and soul, Trinity, us—we've all got to be thinking about that, and not just the care we provide today. So, yeah. and, you know, the Good Samaritan Network, we're so blessed yeah. to have that group here in Hamilton County that pulls all of these nonprofits mm -hmm. together. But I, there are resources out there. So I think they're trying to catch those folks and saying, hey, you can get free care. 
um, but you might be eligible to have actual insurance um, yeah. as well. It's interesting. I want to ask. Yeah. Uh, so no, I get that. Um, yeah. All right. So lastly, how do people learn more about Riverview? How can the community be involved in Riverview? And what are you looking forward to over the next few years at Riverview? Yeah. That's three questions. All in three one. questions. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> Riverview.org is our website. We're going to be doing a, a, a massive overhaul there. Um, we're really trying to get better about our communication out to the community so people know where we offer services and what care um, uh, we provide. Um, as, so that was where, how can they learn more? Uh, how can well, they learn more? How can they be involved other than needing treat, just treatment? Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you want to be involved in the work that we do, so we do have a very large arm of volunteers. Um, we have about 150, give or take, volunteers that help us every day um, from transporting patients to greeting people. Uh, um, we, we wouldn't be able to provide the care that we, we provide without our volunteers. So big shout out to that group. Yeah. Um, the other thing, um, you know, our foundation always has openings on its committees. Um, so you can always send an email uh, to the foundation and say, hey, I'd really like to help be a part of this and um, those types of things. Um, so that that's uh, in a nutshell. Those are the ways to to get involved with us and make that's sure everybody, all your friends have a primary care doctor uh, <laughs> in town, in town, preferably <laughs> just saying, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, we, we and, harp on a lot of people at our freestanding ER urgent care. That's like, you're welcome to come see us. Yeah, we right. We'd like for you to have a primary care doctor. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. then uh, where where do you see, how do you see Riverview over the next three to five years in our in our area? Oh, we're, we, we're growing. Um, honestly, it's, uh, I, I don't want to say it too tongue in cheek, but I think when you look at the size of Riverview, um, we're going to be doubling maybe in the next couple of years, uh, five, wow. six years, um, from a revenue side, from a, uh, employed physician side, you know, I, I've been pretty clear with, uh, some of my leadership that, uh, the data that I see basically says that if we're going to take care of the community, we need twice the amount of providers that we have today, um, in various different specialties. So, that's kind of our number one task right now is how do we grow fast enough um, to cool. compete um, and make sure that people have access like and we're not guilty some of our specialists have long wait times but we've got to try to solve that um, mm -hmm. I just made an, a healthcare appointment for someone in my family and uh, we couldn't get into it for a month um, not an urgent issue um, but those are the types of things that we've got to look at so I you got to you got to drop your name on that one okay I mean, you would think they could bump you up to the front of the uh, line. I try not to pull that card too often. You know, you got to keep your powder dry. There's, right? there's got to <laughs> be benefits to the job, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure I could get in quickly for a colonoscopy if I needed to. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just kind of killed that. But um, um, I really appreciate you being on this. Um, Riverview is phenomenal. I I was trying to think the whole I, was the lady Patty or the pre, before Seth that uh, Fox. Yep. Yes. Um, she was phenomenal, and it's just been a very present and engaged hospital in our city, and I think that's pretty cool. So congratulations on being a part of that now, and look forward to seeing you around. So thank you very much for doing the podcast. 
Yeah, Kurt, I'm happy to. This is great. And, uh, you know, if any of the listeners, you know, need to reach out, they're always welcome. We want to be a part of the community and uh, look forward to growing because, I mean, I think Mayor Elect Willis said it, it's the fastest growing city in the U.S. and we're just happy to be there. So um, really excited to see what the future brings um, and being a part of Westfield's future. Cool. Well, thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank you, sir. I'll be the man. Be the man. They hustled, put in the work. They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserve.